Ride me good boys, ride me good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be gentle, baby. Please welcome, welcome back to a new episode of the No Rep Podcast, episode number 50. Something. Six. 56. Maybe five. I'm with the usual dobbers, Hello. Evan and Danny, What's but happening? we have a special guest here, Thomas. Augustus? Close. A close? Nah, miles away. <laughs> nah, that's what everyone goes for. Augustus? Augustus. Augustus? Sorry, sorry. Do you know what? Probably should have done my research and found out what the guest's actual name is <laughs> before getting him on. But anyway, so otherwise known as Tam, Tam the Doug, Pack Performance, <laughs> The Doghouse, whatever you want to... Papa Wolf. Hi, Papa Wolf, whatever, man, whatever. But uh, thanks for coming down. Really appreciate oh, nice it. Nice one. I'm really buzzing for this. I'm buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was just saying before we go on, obviously, we, we actually jumped up to your gym yesterday because I wanted to come and check out. It's been a, a wee bit in the works, actually, because I've been wanting to come down for a while. And um, But it was actually in the old gym, your first gym, the kind of the weird gym that I wanted to go down to, but then you just seem to keep growing and growing and growing and there's another gym now you're knocking down walls and all sorts. So things are happening quite quick. Mm-hmm. Things are happening quite quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, happening quicker than I'd expected. First gym was like three year plan and then it's like, you know, we'll see what happens. And then before you know it, you're just like, fuck, we are running out of space. <laughs> We're getting noise complaints from the council. They're trying to fine us <laughs> 400 pound, shit like that. Can't park here. Like it was getting heated. Um, council were around like um, you know recording noise levels decibel Shut levels up, stuff like that hell. yeah major <laughs> and that was from like council house- grasses exactly <laughs> and that was houses in front houses behind oh so this was in the, the first gym yeah, where the first was gym. Like that, where was the, the first gym um, so that was in Renfrew um, it was on this street where it was like a bunch of like kind of lockups like garages I had a garage left and right of me and mm-hmm. then a, a dance studio as well but imagine like big roller shutter um, just industrial vibes oh, yeah. so but the problem was and I don't know how this happened they managed to build like these houses pretty much in the same street so our our buildings here you've got houses directly across fuck that I know so <laughs> getting the unit I was like I kind of I was like mm, is this going to work we were up early I was like there's a dance studio there mm, let's just fine. go for it so we're in you know things are going well training's happening neighbours are being noisy oh is this a gym stuff like that and I think what happens is before you know it instead of neighbours coming across and just going look noise is a bit loud here do you mind blah 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 I think they just try and play it cool and then the noise continues and the noise continues and then they just lose it Aye. and it's not even a point of coming over now straight it's to the council straight to the council Aye. it's fuck you and don't fucking park there <laughs> shit like that oh. before you know it you're like you're a sound a month ago but now you now, now it's, it's on Facebook and there's Facebook stats doghouse Ma's on Facebook I, yeah. I suppose these are fucking probably watch, man. Uh, yeah. these are probably only the small handful of problems that you'll have probably trying to start a gym build a gym all these sorts of things but I'm quite keen on finding out about like what led you to even opening a gym in the first place? Because you weren't always, from what I gather on my, on just from social media, because that's how we've essentially met was through social media, like messaging backwards and forwards over the past six, nine months, something like that. Is it and been then, that long? Probably. Yeah, maybe. Isn't it? Yeah, probably yeah, about, yeah. maybe even like a year, just like random messages. Flirting for a while. Story yeah. replies. He's been eyeing me up. He's been eyeing me up. I've been eyeing him up, man. <laughs> a couple I've been, dick pics. been lick, <laughs> licking my lips, man, in the DMs. A few flame emojis and that. But, eh, uh, <laughs> Aye, wait, where was I going, minute? What was I just saying there? Kind of how we got into it. Aye, so like, how did they even, like, how did you even start, like, to get to the point where you were open to the gym in the first place? Um, so what happened was, uh, I initially got into running. 
and was doing some, you know, like running events, um, done some kind of big ultras um, a good few years ago, and that's when, like, not to say nobody was running, mm-hmm. but running just wasn't cool back then. Nah, you know, wasn't it? You've got the UVU boys now, and they're spicing up the running, everyone's wearing some cool gear and shit. <laughs> just back Run, then. Running sexy now. Uh, <laughs> it just wasn't sexy back then. Um, so after some events, we'd done, like, a five-day a five day ultra in Jordan um, I'd done it to raise money for charity and stuff and just got good attraction on social media but what was happening was like just constant messages of oh, I wish I could run can you help me and stuff like that I was still doing I think I was still doing my apprenticeship at the time and but like the messages were like overwhelming the amount of people reaching out which was a good thing Yeah. but for me I was like it's like simple you just run and then <laughs> So me and my mate, one of my best mates, Chris, who'd done the run, we were like, I said to him, I was like, like I think this, this could be something, like, let's start something here. And then it just kind of initially started with a run club, um, like a free run club on a Sunday, like, ended up, you know, started with like five bodies, 10 bodies, turn around, there's fucking 35 people behind me on a Sunday running, just taking a slow, easy pace through Erskine. Um, and then before you know it, it was like, it was just starting to build. I was loving training at that point because I'd just got any functional training to benefit like the running. Mm-hmm. So I was enjoying the training so much and I was like, this is kind of, this is what I want to do. Like I was waking up every morning thinking about training. Straight after work, I was going and training. Like my fucking cock was throbbing. That was just it. I was Snapchatting about running, like this, that, and the next thing. And um, so it was like... <laughs> Yeah, so that happened, and then I was doing my apprenticeship. I was so, so unhappy in it, like genuinely depressed. What was it in? I was, it was a joinery apprenticeship with um, BAE Systems, which are shipbuilding. They build like Navy oh, yeah, ships yeah, and yeah, yeah. I've got family work from me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so massive company, you know, like, see if you get in there, like, you could just sit there for life and just get a wage, yep. do all the pensiony stuff like that. But, like, when you go there, like, I think because they're, like, a government-backed company, mm-hmm. they've got so much money, they they overemploy, yeah. So like, there's really not much for you to be doing. Aye. So it's a lot of sitting up for me. A lot of sitting about. A lot of just doing nothing. Like no joke, you'd go into the pisser and people are sleeping. Like <laughs> just there's fuck all to do. Um. So for me, I was looking about going like, is this is this my life now for the rest <laughs> of? And you had like old guys like saying you know just just ride out and get your pension and oh, that's some I'm, people's dream though isn't it yeah just exactly. fucking so that but is, it is the is the chat though when you leave seals i ah, get an apprenticeship get a job exa- at like exactly. such and such company and you're set mate. yeah you're exactly cool. that's the chat isn't it? it's just like so forced upon and then that was freaking me out because i was looking about going is everyone around me fucking crazy right now <laughs> like genuinely I, I started to get like really panicky like yeah. freaking out like how can we just sit about and do nothing i've got fucking 50 years of, yeah and was, i was going nuts um and it was leading into christmas and i was just thinking i cannot see me coming back here after christmas um so what i done was like during christmas i was like that to my dad look i don't think i can go back there and he was just looking at me like no, you're going back there. <laughs> and then it was like a couple of days before going back, I was like, listen, mate, like, no, no. And he was like, fuck, so. I bet he was thinking it. And so at this point, did you have any sign of like the gym or clients or the so run club at this stage? At this stage? point, what I'd actually done was quite a few people would ask me about training and stuff because I had a, I converted my garage at that point into uh, I think a I remember tiny wee that. gym. Yeah. Um, probably like the size of this room, to be fair. 
Um, so I was training there, and then I started training a couple of friends, um, doing like one-to-one stuff, just kind of showing them kind of what I'd learned. Like at that point, I still, I knew, but I knew more than a lot of people, but as, as a coach, I didn't know much. I could just take them through like a, a healthy workout, functional healthy workout, mm-hmm. um, but people were enjoying it. So I had, I was training maybe like three people, um, coming home from work, graft, doing my training, and then grafting a couple of PTs. That's what I was doing. So into Christmas, like my dad was like, right, you, like money wise, you need to go off on the sick. And I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to like cut ties. Ah, right, okay. But he, but with obviously that company, you've got like a really good sick policy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm like five months paid or something like that. You know, you must have been it's really unwell. Yeah. So really unwell. Dad <laughs> forced me into it. He forced me. <laughs> um, and then that's kind of what happened. Went off work. And at that point, I was like, whoa, this is like a crazy risk. Like, what am I doing? I genuinely thought I was a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, you are a bit though, to be fair. You are a bit. <laughs> it's just like, because I thought, like, there's no going back now. But when you think about it, I'm getting a wage from work. I'm getting PTs paying me. I was fucking loaded. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this is nuts. <laughs> so, just started to build, and then, you know, posting stuff on stories. And then at that point, it was like, right, I need to get more serious about this, get my qualifications, of course. So I started doing that in the background, get my PT qualifications and things like that, which to be honest, did I learn much through that? Not really. Did I fuck? Hee-haw. You spoke yeah. of fucking yeah. in-depth. How about you use a leg extension? Oh, uh, so much. Uh, it's not worth man. the fucking paper it's written on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But For me, nah. Um, like, you learn by actually having your mates in the gym. Oh, definitely, like, mate. This is what we're doing. 100%. This is hearing for them. Exactly. So I was just building on that, and then um, where I lived, my dad, he was renting, and we were getting papped out because they wanted to sell the house. Hmm. So we ended up going further towards, like, Green Oak Pass, Green Oak, to a place called Inverkip. But I was currently getting PT'd off my mate Andy in Green Oak, like, one, two sessions a week. Um, he helped me train for, like, the ultra and stuff, like, mm-hmm. an amazing coach. Andy, like, up there. Shout like, out Andy. The Andy what? Shout out Andy. and the urban fit right (laughs) Um, so he's a boy and then he was licking his lips at this point I was wondering why he was getting so excited about me moving down to Inverkip Mm -hmm. I was like it doesn't really make a difference it's the same distance to the gym but he likes to go travelling so he was he was eyeing up going travelling through Europe for six weeks and he he then asked me look would you come and run the classes in the gym so his gym's pretty much to my gym right now, a very, very similar setup. Oh, right. So I managed to, he, well, he asked me to help him out. And what it really done was it helped me out amazingly. You know, that was like chucked in at the deep end, doing group sessions for people who'd been training for a while. So I got to learn about taking sessions, how to adapt sessions. Do you know what I mean? Am I going too far? Do I need to rein it in? Mm-hmm. So learned so much throughout that. Um, can't thank him enough. And it, as well, he paid me for that. So like that just kind of set me up really well um, and just learned so much. Like obviously being, real, it was a nervous, nervous point because I was asking him hundreds of questions. Do you want this? Do you want that? He was like, just do your own thing, do, do your own thing. Because at the end of the day, people, what I've learned is like, like we'll go through maybe like a four month stunt in the gym, but see bringing someone fresh in, like damn it, you just do a different wee s- mm-hmm. spice on a session. People love the change and the mix up and stuff. So just taught me like so much. Then at that point, you know, I was 
saying to Andy, I was like, right, this is what I want to do. On top of like Andy's classes, I started pulling in my own clients, but they were all from up through Paisley Renfrew mm -hmm. area. Right. And then I was doing group sessions in the evening. So I ran his sessions. Then afterwards, I would do my own sessions with clients I'd managed to pull in. So I just trying to build and build because the end goal was always get a gym. Mm -hmm. For me, it was never wanting to be like, um, you know, on the floor in someone else's gym. So that but, was all, from the get-go, that was yeah, the vision? Yeah, as soon as I started, right. I was like, I can't. Because I had to be garage, I was like, I'm as well, like what put me off was my previous employment, bosses, right? And just aye. just yeah. being a number you and just, aye, aye, just, being a, just being a bitch, really. <laughs> like just getting told what to do and stuff like that. I just knew, like, I just did not want to do that. So... I'd been eyeing it up and thinking about it. Um, and then I was just constantly online looking for a unit. And then it was just as Andy's getting back, I've managed to secure a unit. Like the timings were just impeccable. Like everything was just lining up. And to be fair to Andy, he was gutted. He was like, oh, I was going to use you. We were going to do this and that. And I was like, mate, I need to go. He's like, no, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, because as well, like, and like for my target market, you'd say all the people that, even followed me on Instagram from the get-go and stuff, was from Renfrew, Erskine, all back through there. So I couldn't have been any longer down there. People were travelling half an hour, 40 minutes down to Greenock, and it was mm. just, just wasn't working, you know, for the long run, mm -hmm. even taking my own clients down to his gym. So just started progressing like that. Eventually pulled the trigger on a unit. Shout out to, like, Crypto Glasgow, um, XRP, like <laughs> that's how I ended up getting dough to like kind of fund this mission. That's mad. Um, took some ballsy, ballsy moves. Like took a bank loan, spent it on crypto. Like that's what I done. Um, so I had money there. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Um, you know, it was just luck. Luck, like it's not though, because like. The thing is, I think everybody at that time could have been armed with that information. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you should buy this, or oh, you should take, you should leave your job. And do it. Like, everybody can be armed with these, with, with the same resources. But yeah. it takes somebody with a bit of balls to actually do the action. Because mm -hmm. we were, when were we last talking about that? What about crypto? No, not about crypto. But they actually like it's not about the luck thing. It's about the action thing. I can't remember if it was a podcast or two ago, but it was like it's literally like you can all everybody can have. Well, we all did. Yeah, like, information without implementation is useless. Exactly, it's useless. Yeah. It's, it's not luck. It's not luck. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, I think you also know yourself, like the hype behind crypto and stuff. Like, it was good to get sucked into that. It taught me a lot as well. You know, I've lost money through crypto. I've made money, but learning all that and then what I'm going to do now through business and maybe other investments, you know, very good. Mm -hmm. Especially from a young age, you know what I mean? Only being like 20 and seeing what that's done. Um, so yeah and like you were saying it was like a lot of pressures and stuff you know i remember like telling my mum listen i'm a i'm gonna open a gym and she literally looked at me, <laughs> looked at me and laughed in my face <laughs> but see that for me like never forget it yeah. and it just ignited ignited what it was i, I was like fuck you bitch like, <laughs> fucking say that again do you know what i mean say Get that again fucking watch me like those wee things those wee moments that you just mm -hmm. will just die they do it for me you know uh, i think it's quite cool that you had someone as well have enough trust in you at the start to be like to chuck you in to 
basically expose you to being able to be like, right, here's how you run sessions, well, here's how you do these things, and yeah. expose you. To, I think we've all maybe had someone like that, where yeah. you get given a handful of clients off them because they're leaving or they're busy or whatever. Like, I know I had that from the boys that own the, the CrossFit gym, allowing me to come in and coach their classes right after they're standing in the back watching. And I was it's the most nervous I've ever been yeah. at the start. Feeling and it's, judged. I've just been <laughs> judged the whole time, but you learn so, mo so much more through that than like the PT qualifications yeah, and whatnot. Definitely. That, that we're so, saying. How, how long, I'm so I'm trying to kind of put time scales together. So how long has that been from like when you started to like now, how many years is that? Um, well, so basically I just got a memory on, I got getting memories right now from a year ago when my friend Chris ran through Moab. So basically what happened was mm. I'd opened up the gym in the new, in the first unit yep. for maybe a couple of weeks, five members, mm -hmm. like, and then we had to go to Moab. So had to close, say close the gym, I had a member taking sessions just to keep keep it running. Um, so we opened the gym for a couple of weeks, had to go to Moab and then returning from Moab was like, right, now we're, now we're opening the gym, you know? But at this point, the unit, I mean, the unit wasn't big, but I only had half the flooring. I had like, mm. not even the proper racks installed yet. Dumbbells just lying on the floor. It was just like a, a space where we went and trained. So really, we've been doing it now for like a year. Mm -hmm. um, so coming back from Moab as well, I remember a lot of um, imposter syndrome and stuff like that because coming back, I remember like I had all this money saved up. <clears throat> we started this gym with five members. Obviously, I'm not even covering rent at this point. <laughs> and it's like, right, we've only got this much in the account if we don't get enough members within the first three weeks that we're back this is not this looking is good fucked. Yeah. The dreams, the dreams is, yeah. back to mum yeah and honestly mate <laughs> before we before we returned for the states we had to go back to copenhagen where chrissy's flat was and i think me and my mate billy we just got on it because i was like i do not want to mm. fucking think about that we just went out we got on it for a few days because I was feared up. I was genuinely shit myself to come back and to graft and to reel people into mm -hmm. like the dream, do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the, I was constantly thinking, why would they come and train at this gym, this half empty, mm -hmm. <laughs> empty gym? You know, all those like, those creeping thoughts that you just cannot get out of your head. Yeah. Um, so Did you recognise that at the time when you, when you went out and you were <clears> like, <throat> or were you just like in denial mode at that stage? Picked yourself up. Yeah, it was just, I, I can't even really remember. I can just remember those thoughts being so overwhelming that I was thinking of ways to actually, like, just call it. I'm like, right, was it, was it a bit like, it? see if I don't try, I can't fail kind of thing? Or? Um, nah, it was... Just avoidance? I, yeah, it was just total <laughs> avoidance. It was just totally shitting yourself. <laughs> like, totally shitting yourself. Because I listened to something the other day, it was like, just like, everyone's so embarrassed of, like, failure to the public, you know what I mean? If you were going to fail and no one knew about it, you would definitely 100% try it. But like that, everything being so public and everything I was posting the journey on Instagram, building the gym and stuff like that, like that fear was just had me by the balls. And I'm okay to admit that, like I am, I would have been embarrassed to fail, mm -hmm. but I guess that's on the flip side what pushed me, like embarrassment mm -hmm. to fail and just wanting to do it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, I guess so, no, that's mad. But coming back, I wanna kinda backtrack a wee bit, so you mentioned, obviously you did um, an ultra in Jordan, you mentioned um, your friend, is it Chris? Yeah. Doing um, Moab, Moab and stuff like that, I know a wee bit about Moab, just through, literally through Goggins mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. Talk a wee bit about how you got involved from, like, cause it's obviously not just like, 
let me just sign up to do the Moab or let yeah. me just sign up to do this. Was it five days or something yeah, like that in yeah. Jordan? Like, and obviously you you know what it's like, Danny, jumping straight into the Aye. deep end running. So it's like when does when does running turn into like ultramarathons? Yeah. Aye, basically, yeah. basically. I think well for me that happened when I mean I just met Chris on a run. Literally a guy connected us and we were like, Yeah, let's hook up for a run. Went a run, came back, I'm like, Ah, that's pretty sweet. Booked a no, we didn't even book an event, we were just talking, we were like, Do you know what? it'd be quite cool just to do something pretty sick? And then he spoke about Jordan and I was like, this guy's off his tits, man. What had you done up what had you done up until this point? I think I'd ran a marathon unofficially. Right. Okay. I'd ran a oh, marathon unofficially, un- unofficially well, right? yeah. Um just done a yeah, unofficially. And then just a lot of like long runs but like again just unofficial runs and we were just talking about doing something sick I'm sure Chris had just done a it was a back to back marathon called the Hawaii Five O along the coast of Copenhagen um, so that I it was about 80k along the coast of Copenhagen wow. and I didn't even really know him at this point either but he had been dipping the toe because he'd been doing triathlons and stuff and a wee bit longer like stuff um, you know endurance wise so it was him that was kind of pushing it. So I think naively he'd brought it up with a group of boys and we were just like, yeah, fuck it. So that was your first official race? Um, no, my first, we'd, so what we'd done, we'd booked that. That was probably my first one that I'd booked. Oh, right. But then we went for training, we should probably do. <laughs> <laughs> we should book, yeah. So. Oh, should probably get running. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should probably do a two day uh, one, you know, instead of just going for five. <laughs> so we'd done oh. that. We ended up booking a two day one, which was before it, and we used that as training. So that was right. up in the north of Scotland, a good two day event. Um, I'll try it, Scott. Oh, so both by the same company, so it gives a feel for the company, the layout of the how races, how they that. stage it right. and things like that. And then just obviously running long distance because mm. that just wasn't happening. Like I hadn't run anything more than a marathon. And then we were talking about running five back to back, five marathons more. So uh, so what is the what is the race that you did in Jordan? What is So that? Jordan was 250 kilometers. Um, it was through the desert. It was called the Wadi Rum Desert. And um, basically how it's staged is you only run a certain amount each day. Right. So they call it a stage, a stage race. And basically roughly every 10 kilometers, you'll get a checkpoint with the, the law for your water. You've got water and a medical person there. So basically, say the first day, for example, was 46 kilometres or something. Roughly every 10k, you'd have a checkpoint and then you'd finish at 46 kilometres. The finish could either be a loop back to the same start or it could have been somewhere else. So you'd run further into the desert and they would transport your overnight bag and you'd uh-huh. be there. You would then camp in the desert. Day two, say you had another 40-odd k, same again, out to the desert. Um, and then it was broken up like that. Some days, like, so maybe between, like, day two and day three, you'd look back to the same campsite or other days you'd finish at different campsites. Right, got you. Um, but each day was broken up, like, I, I'm sure it was um, Wednesday was a long day. Nearly had 80 kilometres. I remember, like, hell. my watch was 107,000 steps that day. Do you know, seeing, seeing my head, in my head, the way my brain works, 80 kilometres, I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> But see if you were to put it in miles, I'd be like, nah, fuck that, <laughs> definitely not. But the kilometres, I'm fine yeah, with that. Baby, the I'm, yeah, easy. <laughs> Five days back to back, no bother. <laughs> That's mad. It's definitely up it? your street, eh, Barry? Uh, 100%. Yeah. What was it like 
so you'd never ran sand before except probably on the fucking beach yep so what was that like so exactly like that's the thing like i didn't even think about that man so speaking to the race coordinators they're like nah not that much soft sand nah not that much soft sand 80 percent of the race <laughs> was soft sand so yesterday you were talking about marathon de sables right yeah there was people pulling out of that race who've completed the sables saying way more sand than Marathon de Sables. Really? Yeah. And Marathon de Sables is meant to be like the fucking... The, the, the hardest king, the king, desert race, yeah. yeah. Aye. Aye. So Goat people desert. were pulling out who'd completed that. Fuck so mad. Running that, I was like, fuck, we're in the trenches here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah, like soft sand, like your feet are just running away from you. Totally zapped me. Um, and like, for example, we had to like get our, our shoes specially tailored. <laughs> Um, with like I forget what you call them like covers like gates Aye. so they'd be velcro along the perimeter of your round your running shoe and you'd velcro like a gate up here and it'd strap up your shoe so no sand would go into your shoes and I remember like arriving it was the f like you arrived to camp at night and then you'd be running the next morning at camp that night there was a guy trying to super glue his gates <sighs> on his trainers Fuck's I was sake. like mate how the fuck have you not sorted this yet it was just crazy like how unorganised some people were <laughs> really I, I was just like what the fuck man just winging it those are the guys at the first checkpoint they were sitting down they get cramping it's like people that are un like so even I underestimated that but like the levels of underestimation going into something like that I was looking at people going you're just fucking crazy like, yeah. clueless know, what a waste of money like uh, pulling totally. out the first day because you've not even it's an investment it's a big investment you'd be raging at yourself as well yeah, yeah. I'd be so fucking annoyed if uh, I fucked it in the first day uh, some people are just daft so you you done that completed that I don't want to just gloss over that as if I like have it oh yeah done that completed that but Obviously, when you do these sorts of events, and no matter, I feel like how big or small these events are, and obviously you can speak on it about Murrayfield, and you can speak on it like with the the 60k you did. It's like there's always like as soon as you do something like that, even though it's like fucking horrific during it, you're always like, what's next? Yeah, what's next? Like yeah. what we're we doing after? It's the so, hunger, isn't it? Uh, what what other ones have you kind of done similar to that, or like um, Moab and things like that? Yeah, so um, I mate Chris competed at Moab um, last year, which is just like the creme de la creme really of like long distance racing Goggins do you know what I mean um, that was insane their races are a little bit different where they don't stage it so there's no limit to what you can run if you want to go out and just run for three days and complete it like that you can mm -hmm. um, some of the people there like they're sick they're, they're just mm -hmm. talking in among yeah. sick Diff cookies do you mm -hmm. know what I mean different level different yeah. level um, but the events are great like the way they organise them is a lot different. Each checkpoint, they've got barbecue, they've got breakfast food, electrolytes, they give you all these things, whether at Ultra X it was only water, so you had to right. carry everything else, so ah. a bit different. Um, obviously price points for entering those races also a bit different. And then the crewing aspect as well is just different, because um, we had to, basically what we done for that was imagine like, <clears throat> we situated our base in an Airbnb in the centre, and the whole course ran circular around us. Ah, so you would just... So we would be able to go out and crew Chris for a bit, come back to base if we needed to do anything, get a sleep or anything, then go back out and meet Chris. Um, obviously, with it being the desert, the roads and navigation was a bit... But the good thing about that is um, you were allowed a pacer each day, so I paced a day, then my mate Steve done a day, I done the next day, then Steve done the last day. So Chris ran the first day himself and it took him five days, but we really chop in and help him those days. 
Um, it was just wild, absolutely uh, wild. Do you fancy taking that on yourself as well at some point? Unfortunately, like the running joke between me and him is he's done 240 miles. <laughs> So now we need to up it. <laughs> <laughs> so you get Cocodona 250. Right. Which is through the desert in Arizona, I believe. I think that's on next year's. Aye. Uh, For yourself? For myself. Let's go, yeah. man. 250. But again, like, talking what, like, you know, Chris spent to take is your, a lot of money, like Aye. a lot of money, you yeah. know, flights, travel. We had to get a couple of flights for that one. Um, crew, we took a physio. We took a chiropractor as well. A lot of people never had that. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to go prepared. We wanted the dub. Do yeah, you know what I mean? for sure. We were very, very tactical. Like, um, very tactical. What was happening was we were making sure Chris was getting a decent sleep every night. Um, with other people just truck through, right? Just like people's plans genuinely are walk for three days and then just try and see it out. We naps walk, we Fox. naps walk. It's crazy. So what was happening was <laughs> we were kind of hitting a plod. Chris would get asleep and those people that were walking would overtake Chris Aye. but then we would plod by them again during mm -hmm. the day they would be fucked Chris would be a lot fresher and then it was just kind of happening and then slowly but surely Chris was just kind of climbing the ladder climbing the ladder people were falling off it's crazy how people go and tackle them mm. and then even bumping into a few people that were going for the triple crown which is the three big ones, which is three 200 milers, like they're like back to back in the summer as well, only a couple of months apart. Wow. Like, it's just next level, these people like you're talking to. It's fucking it's, chaos, uh, man. It's chaos, mate. That's nuts. That's nuts. You think about the investment into these races, these people are spending 50 grand that year mm -hmm. to go smash these, these races, races. Do you know what I mean? Do you, I don't think I've ever ran 200 miles in my life. <laughs> no, <laughs> I definitely haven't, I've, and I'd quite I'm like not, running. <laughs> that's not a joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's been, been deadly serious. Aye, wild, like, man. Oh, fucking. That's the thing as well. I think that one of the big things about these races is the logistics behind it that people, like me, like I'm interested in these races, but like but the logistics that go behind it, not got a fucking yeah, scooby. Like where do you even start yeah, or begin sure. to start? Just, did you ever kind of, when you're kind of doing these things, like does your thoughts ever kind of go to like, how you can get like kind of marginal gains or anything like that? So like for example, if you, have, you, have you ever done any like kind of altitude running or is it always like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the recovery lounge where I go to, they do, it's not altitude running, but they do, it's, um, it's a altitude technology where you, where you may wear the mask, but you're still in the seat and what it does, it simulates taking you up to altitude. Mm -hmm. um, so I know a few people have done that. I actually done it when I had a bad, I don't know what was wrong with my chest. I can't confirm a chest infection. China virus. But he said it, it, it could potentially help you recover quicker. So mm -hmm. I've used it for that. Did it help me recover quicker? Fuck knows. Is it a placebo? Like yeah, that? exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a few people who go to base camp. They go use it. I've yep. got a mate going to do base camp soon. He was asking me about it and things mm -hmm. like that. I was always trying to catch a treadmill in a sauna. But unfortunately, I was contacting universities and stuff. They never just they never got back to me. So the best Aye. way is kind of kind of suck. Best way is probably you know um, quick treadmill session, then into the sauna up at like the ball field when I go for a sauna. Mm -hmm. So I'll start to introduce that in a couple of weeks before I go to Morocco. Mm -hmm. Other than that, like, yeah, I yeah. sauna all the time though. So that will be that will be helping. Mm -hmm. I spoke to a guy in Jordan, um, Stephen Feeney, a great coach. Um, he was going for a run and coming back and sitting in a like a boiling bath. He said, like so straight from a run straight into a boiling bath and just sitting there for half an hour. 
just to get his body used to being at those high temperatures. Mm -hmm. And he smashed that event, so you could, like, I don't think there's a coincidence between, nah. like, that doing Heat acclimations as a, yeah. yeah, like, sure. a real thing. Yeah, for sure. As a real thing. I remember even watching, like, things from, like, the CrossFit Games and old CrossFit documentaries, and, like, a lot of these guys that are really good are, like, from Iceland and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But they spend a fuck ton of time in saunas. Yeah. So they're like used to hot cold, hot cold. So their bodies used to these mad temperature like fluctuations. Mm -hmm. So one of the guys is this event that well Murph. Everybody knows the workout Murph. This Icelandic guy BKG at the time, um, and he was like dead young, and it was either his first or second year at the games won that event. But you get people who live in America, fucking uh, a woman from Australia bailed out from heat exhaustion. You're like she's from Australia, mate. Right. How's she bailing out from heat exhaustion? And then this be Icelandic. Oh fuck, this be Icelandic cunts fucking running, just beating everybody and just doing it. So heat acclimation and heat training is like a, it's a very real thing, especially yeah. if you're fucking spending five days Definitely. in the desert, man. <laughs> Even here, you feel it. You're running for winter to when the, t the temperatures go up. All of a sudden, you can't breathe the same. Yeah. You can't nose breathe as, as much. Like you start to go fucking hell. You feel even that. Uh, Never mind, definitely. Jordan. I the desert. Mm. I notice. I notice about you though as well. Um, just about through the things through socials is you are quite regimented. Like you're very like you're, you're up at fucking. You're up early. Supplements, eating, drinking raw eggs, mm. fucking like doing all this mad shit. Like have you always kind of been that way? Like. Routine wise, have you had to craft that over the years? Um, no, definitely crafted it. It was my coach Andy. Um, like again, amazing. He dialed me into he he did dial me into nutrition. So training for Jordan, like I was on my nutrition, making all my meals, things like that. Um, and then in the shipyards, I was already kind of getting up early, mm -hmm. but then I was getting up a wee bit earlier and running before work. So it kind of started from that. But it's just like it's work now. Work has me up at half four, like. If I miss, if I'm not turning up to a gym, there's 25 people <laughs> sitting outside the gym wanting to get in. You know? trips. Exactly. Like, so right now for business, it's just like grind, grind, grind until I can take some people on, take that pressure off, maybe get a lie in once or twice a week, which would be nice. <laughs> in the gym this morning, people are like, oh, you're tired. I'm like, yeah, fucking damn right. I'm no, like, shit. no shit, it's yeah, five times a few times. Yeah. This is my yeah. fifth fucking time this week. Speaking speaking on your gym you've managed to build like quite the community and quite the fucking vibe in tribe. the place yeah tribe yeah. I mean guys are with you man they're like they're marching with the colours and I think as obviously all three of us are coaches like it's something you can't just not respect when you see somebody who has like a gang of people mm. who are like just live and breathe like your brand in a way do you know what I mean that, it's not yeah. even just like Mm -hmm. as Tam it's like the it's packed performance do you know yeah, what I mean like yeah, and it's, sure. it's cool so it's just cool to see how that's kind of become a thing sorry mm -hmm. I was actually watching one of your videos uh, and I was fucking buckled I'll ask you barked on it uh, I was like <laughs> 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 yeah, so good mate like so good <laughs> wait how was that was that by accident was that the um, plan I don't know I think like externally like people force things like that upon mm -hmm. us because you know what it's like? I feel like people's insecurities drawn them away from the gym. We would hear comments like, oh, do they all bark at each other down the gym? And we'd be in the gym like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> we are fucking, but, yeah. we are Lee Sean, like, yeah, yeah, And then we're like, wait a minute, woof, woof, <laughs> So, like, see those videos? Like, I think that just makes it so much better because it would just play. play yeah, it play into that. Like, um, but again, it just kind of, it just started snowballing. I remember, like like I said, I was coming back from Moab, shitting bricks. Um, 
and then before you know it, like members were flying, like people wanting to sign up was like euphoric. It was happening at such a crazy rate. Mm -hmm. I was looking about going, what the fuck is happening here? And it's just what we needed. And but I remember grafting for it, and the graft was getting paid. Like that's just what happened. I was grafting. I was. Instagram stories relentlessly post. I was throttling it down every follower that I had. <laughs> We're in here training it this time, this time, this time. This is what's happening. This is how I'm training. I'm building a fucking sauna in the closet. Come and get involved. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> woof, woof. Yeah, woof, fucking woof, baby. <laughs> so that was happening. Um, and then people just enjoyed it, right? It's like, how do we retain these people? And then I quickly realised in order to retain these people for me, um, I have to better the experience. I have to get a bigger gym. I have to continually buy equipment. Like my business partner, Chris, I don't know how many times he told me, no, we can't buy that. Then I was like, slow down. Mm -hmm. I was just like, more dumbbells, need more skis, need more this, need more that. On Facebook Marketplace, needs to be better because I, again, I quickly realized like, instead of this being a business that can pull in this much, we like this could blow this out of the water we could then potentially have recovery physio and just have everything mm -hmm. under us do you know what i mean the dream facility yeah, the dream facility Aye. like i don't even like i've always not compared to other gyms I always look up to them go right they're doing this that's nice i always look at everything and go how can we just make that better how can we enjoy this more instead of having people for one hour how can we have them for three mm -hmm. do we get a cafe do we get a sauna do, do you know what i mean we just yeah. get them Cause at the end of the day, I'm doing this all with like friends. That's what I like doing with my friends. We all go for a sauna, mm -hmm. we all get a munch and we all train. Like, mm -hmm. so why not? Why can't we all just do that under our, our umbrella instead of going to other places? And um, so that was always the goal. And then just like, you just start, for me, like, I was just always looking up to other, other gyms and other facilities and then just kind of chasing after like what they have and how they're doing it kind of thing. For me right now, like I look at the David Lloyd, not in the not in the scale of like they've got tennis courts and stuff, but the sauna and the recovery facilities that they have. The kind of experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you've got room for a golf course, fuck it, fuck it, why not? Car park, the mini, mini golf. Yeah, for the cars coming in. Shit, fucking damn right, give me the lot. Um, I think you quickly realise that there isn't really a ceiling to what you can achieve if you really just go for it and go, do you know what, we're going to go for this. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing, do you know what I mean? I don't doubt we will... Sorry, Alec, the landlord, we'll probably get a bigger gym in mm -hmm. the future, hopefully not too near. Um, it's quite stressful moving places and stuff, but now that I've done it, I know that I can recycle that pattern. You have I the blueprint, know, like, You've got the blueprint. I know I could go up and I, I, we could franchise what we have right now, but probably do it better and more efficiently because yeah. all the lessons we've learned, right? And I see other gyms with, um, not going to say like less falling, or they, but they are less of a community and stuff, but they've franchised. Mm -hmm. So I'm just waiting on us franchised. I'm waiting on more locations and things like that. Because it will, it will happen. Mm -hmm. This isn't just a six months a year thing this is 10 years 15 years this from from what i see anyway this is a lifetime of like what this is going to be you know i think we've found something really good you know through group training there's mm -hmm. something different rather than NJD gym with your headphones in training um well for me anyway communities like communities key to yeah. everything you know it was the first thing i noticed when majority kind of like 
brought you your attention because I didn't know who you were until Jod kind of said and it was the first thing I said when it it's mad to see because I think as well we've spoke a bunch about this in the past and um, with the likes of like Logan Pauls and, and all these kind of guys out there and how you have like polarising figures mm-hmm. out there and uh, not to say that you're necessarily necessarily polarising um, as a figure but like for example my mom wouldn't go to your gym mm-hmm. right yeah <laughs> well she might actually she might um <laughs> her knees like, couldn't handle it man. My, <laughs> her knees definitely couldn't handle it but like for for me or like my wee brother for example or like my mates would see that gym and go i'm fucking going there yeah. like that's yeah. it. like if that was in east bride mate yeah. fucking hell man yeah franchise number one right there and he's so bright we've got we've got an idea <laughs> <laughs> um but like so do you think that did you notice that early on and wanted to capitalize on that and being like right i only want to attract people like me people like my pals or did you want to get like everybody in like what was the kind of goal with that um it's, it's actually a question we get quite a lot but the goal wasn't like specific people um it just started with friends and then friends just grew um and then i just noticed like there, there definitely is there's like an age category that we're getting there's a not a type of person, but you've seen it. It's like generally slightly younger. Um, and I think it's just the element of social media, right? People are kind of bought into maybe myself and like the people that are going mm-hmm. and that's just grabbing more people like them. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. There's Carla's mum who's 63. She still comes to sessions, you know, um, quieter session the 7.15, but I cater to her. Yeah. I regress everything and make her feel welcome. She enjoys it. We laugh. Like, mm-hmm. she's coming back. She She's asking me for a pensioner's membership. <laughs> she digs this shit. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a definitely a fair comment, and I can see why I get a lot of messages about, you know, people are intimidated coming into, like, a, a place like that. And that's complete. I completely understand that. Yeah. I think even if I was to come up to your gym, Jordan, I know I'd be nervous. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but the thing, what, you just need to... I think you need to become comfortable with, you know, that old saying, being the fool at first, coming mm-hmm. in and just going, you know, hands up, I'm surrendering here, I'm here to learn, I'm here, I'm nervous here to meet new people and the best thing about it is you know like you just mentioned see the community i can literally bring someone brand new into the gym glenn this is sam i've explained to sam the workout and stuff like that we're going through the warm-up right now he kind of gets it would you mind just taking him through the warm-up yeah no worries yeah. all right sam what's happening right walkouts this is what we're doing blah 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 warm-ups done and then we're going into threes or twos, and then I can go, right, Sam, we'll stick you with blah, blah, blah. I think you'll be doing similar weights. Right, troops, this is Sam. And before you know it, they're just training together. I'm keeping an eye on everything. I turn my back, and you've got Jack, who's only been here a month, teaching Sam the movement that mm-hmm. we're doing. This is a pendly row, it touches the ground every rep. I'm turning around going, what's happening here? Yeah. People are doing my job for me, yeah. all about the room. It's crazy, like, it's crazy, and how quickly people just they just want to see everybody win yeah. in that room everyone's applauding people like you know going for a heavy bench let's fucking go Johnny mm-hmm. it's it's just class like yeah. it's no stresses there's no dramas there's no conflict I've just realised that it's like just see for an hour it's just good good vibes do you know what I mean and for me like job one like people enjoy that time flies like people always leaving like it was rapid like mm-hmm. yeah it's just because we were 
we were on a different planet there for an hour having ah, training. Yeah, totally, like, man. We were just lost in training. Yeah. How often do you get an hour where you're not on your phone? Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, I do think training and training with other people has the has an immense power and it has the immense power to do that. Like even just was all training yesterday. Yeah. Like you just you do you forget about things, you forget and everybody's just all one person. Mm. And this is the thing as well with the with the beauty of like functional style training where if he's doing, if you're doing 25 calories and I'm new to the game but I'm only doing 15 but we're working at the same time, we're getting the same amount of intensity out of it so we're getting the same workout. Mm -hmm. It's not about like who's winning, who's losing. Yep. I think what's probably rewarded in gyms like that is just like work rate and effort, effort levels. Effort, 110%. It, like it doesn't matter if you can he do a hang or can he do toes to bar or whatever. I, I, was, was, I, was, I was doing it great. I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was showing you how to do toes to bar. I, I hope Aye. Mark's getting afraid of that. Aye, Aye, I'm fucking hanging a lot. <laughs> you, you, your effort's your effort. Aye. But you're mean yeah. Do you know what this is? I used to, um, my opinion of like kind of group exercise and stuff has changed slightly. I still, I still do have the, the same kind of opinion is that see that kind of thing that we done, what you do at your gym and what they're doing cross and stuff it's fucking class because people go and they hammer it mm -hmm. like, i love that what i dislike is like see people that go to like hide mm -hmm. see it in maybe like a pure gym or mm -hmm. something they just go to their legs bombs. the effort's still there they're still going to try better imagine trying to hide in his gym Mate, <laughs> was no happening. i was, I was, I was <laughs> trying to hide yesterday <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you used to wear fucking lying down in the ground actually weren't they yeah, yeah. and we're like that ah, mum will just finish it for you so left his body right, for two, a minute. Minute. <laughs> yeah. two seconds two I seconds i make it look like it has right. i'm actually all right on that time. there was two skiers and then another skier was brought out <laughs> so the mass was like there was times i was Gone within fucking seconds. Like, wait a minute, something's happening the, here. The, the mass was off with that. We hit the eighty cows on, and they're still forty in that. Uh, it's something. an extra. But anyway, that's by the by. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, but that's that. it. But Shit. it's the thing. It's like even though, like, for for me, like, I love shit like that. For you, that's a wee bit out your comfort zone. But then Aye, by the end massively. of it we're fucking high-fiving, had a class time, and that's exactly how members feel. Yeah, definitely. That's exactly yeah. How I was actually, feel. no word that I lie, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, I was looking at um, membership. Yeah. Genuinely, like you do class pass. I was yeah, like, yeah. I better go do that on a Wednesday or something when I'm, I'm not when I'm not good rugby. You should. So you might you might see me. Good. Actually. If you download the app. <laughs> if you download <laughs> the app. So how ready? How ready if you want? Yeah. Come down for a free session. See how it goes. Meet me. I'll keep, I'll keep signing up with different emails. Check the code. Yeah. Where your mods fucking dress or something it's that same dress yeah. it does it, it does it all the time aye so you've got obviously you've got a ton of on the community thing you've got lots of people entering whether it be their first 10k first half marathons mm -hmm. high rocks and all that's obviously huge um, one thing I actually wanted to, to speak about with the whole social media side of things now it wouldn't be I think I'd be doing you unjust for not bringing up some of the some of the things you like to share on socials. I don't know if you've seen them. Have you seen them? No. I saw his belly button. Like. No, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's tame. That's, that's tame, tame for the type tame of tame shit he puts tame. up on Instagram. I've seen you have a dance with fucking pre-workout or something like that uh. as well. <laughs> <laughs> How is that? What is happening here? Oh, wait, is that what is happening? I think I noticed that the video was wearing a mask. Yeah, I've got the dog. Nice. Yeah. I've got a dog. Yeah. Um, what is that? It's not a snooze or something. It's not a dog buff. Yeah. Uh, I think I was watching jo some of the Jordan stuff. Before yeah. I know it, I was watching you dancing <laughs> for it. I fucking pre-worked it. Aye. Aye. What's that about? What? <laughs> <laughs> was that before or after the pre-workout? See, like... 
I think like social media gets half of you, right? Like seeing reality behind that, like it's a bit more nuts. Like <laughs> I just think like if I was filming like between my sets, you know, when I'm training myself, like you're just up to some mad shit, like just talking to yourself. I always talk to myself, right? Yeah. But like in the mirror, it's just mad talk. <laughs> it's like having me and this other guy, and we're just all. <laughs> we, were, we were kind of talking about this in the car. Like I've they've been following you all of a day, right? So I had a wee perv on his on his fucking uh, in his Instagram and stuff, and like you come across very authentic, mm. like in. Because everyone hides behind masks well, and they put uh, on this fucking persona. It's difficult, man. People buy authenticity. Uh, do you know what I mean? And if you can I'm actually be your like purely yourself you'll never go wrong no yeah, and yeah. i think i think people like i try my best and be as authentic as i can but i'm like i'm leaving capturing 80 percent yet but you you, you, sure. you do a really good fucking think, job um, i like it's the barrier of you need to realize you're not going to um, make everyone happy mm-hmm. like never ever ever quickly realized that early on and it was like you know if you for me everyone that i follow on social media is who i don't mind consuming yeah. Anyone, like, if I see one post, I'm like, I don't really like that. I'll just unfollow, yeah. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people, everyone should follow that. They shouldn't sit and get wound up over people's <laughs> posts. If I say something that you don't enjoy, <laughs> just unfollow me, aye. mate. Like, aye. fuck off. <laughs> but that's the thing, everything you post will either trigger or inspire someone. Yeah, for sure. Which I would is, like to cool. think, like, it's more inspiring. No. And I think, though, when you are triggering and you're getting that publicity, all publicity is good publicity you know so bring that to the brand and like get some triggered folk you're always going to so it's it's good to like fucking ruffle some feathers aye 100 percent. but i think you i think you're right in saying that um but well, both of your points there about how being truly authentically yourself i think has actually helped drive the community and all that even further yeah and, it, yeah. and that's why for a lot of other coaches out there might look at you and be like, mate, he's just opened a gym, now he's opening another gym, now he's fucking on a podcast talking about opening another one that mm-hmm. was happening here. And I think they're seeing your growth <laughs> and comparing it to theirs and even mine being like, how the fuck's he doing it so fast? But I do think that because you're so authentically yourself, that's it just seems like it's faster, but that's actually the pace. That it's because you attract your tribe. You attract yeah, exactly, people that are exactly. that kind of same kind of crazy as you. For sure. <laughs> yeah. There's do, some do you know what I mean? nutters in my gym. Like, there's crazier people in the gym than me. You know what I mean? And I look at them going, fuck, <laughs> you mean that? <laughs> yes, you crazy. Exactly. <laughs> is this is fucking... Like an example is I remember doing like our female only sessions, our first couple of female only sessions, flying hundred like twenty-five people in this tiny wee lockup, made the Instagram post, I'm like right okay doghouse turns the bitch house people are like don't say that don't say that don't say that don't say that say that next week I've got girls coming in going bitches are here like, oh. I'm like fucking money man Cuts, get it people are too uptight like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean like, fucking I in fact I've seen that in one of the videos because obviously got a video guy coming in who's been hitting out with some sick content yeah, as well Josh shout, shout out, Josh. out Josh Monument Media aye yeah. Josh has been doing a good job with your socials and stuff like that and I think that when you were talking about it it's Ah, this is the doghouse and then a couple of girls come in like here comes another couple of bitches yeah. now and then you'd think like if you were a gym owner another gym owner I should not have said oh, that don't say that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're just howling then on we go it's just like people get it I think like as well like we're attracting the same pattern we're attracting the same energy you know what I mean like during sessions I'm calling people fucking cunts <laughs> 
have I stepped over the line during some sessions? Of course I have. I've reeled it in. I've apologised. Like it's all learning again. Like it's customer, customer service at the end of the day. Each individual is going to take what you say differently. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of it's like you know if I'm dealing with a session, there's thirty people. You've got could be a difference of thirty opinions of what as well. Yeah. Um, I've always touched buttons. I remember <coughs> through high school with teachers like touching buttons. So meeting new people, I will test the boundaries and then kind of try and find out, right, where can I lie here? What's mm. going to make them laugh? What's kind of insulting to them? Do you know what I mean? You just kind of need to do it. I think if you play in the grey area with everyone, they're going to be like, why is he off? Why is he so coldish? You know, and it just won't work. So try and find out everyone's energy for everyone else and just kind of use that to benefit, you know? Mm-hmm. Get those wee bits of jokes and patter when you're down training with them and stuff or giving them advice and just let it go. You're always going to make mistakes on it, so just learn from them or try to at least yeah do you think that mm-hmm. has there been any any point or any phase where you've been like afraid to make some of those mistakes where you, or have you just do you just act on how you feel trust your instincts and then see what happens after it kind of thing um and uh, i think like i've definitely went in with this like we are going to like mess this up a lot and hopefully we do because you're going to learn mm-hmm. thankfully like i've not made any like massive mistakes with business or like how I've treated people and stuff like that, you know, some slight hiccups, but I've got a team around me. So in the company, I've got myself, my best mates, Chris and Steve, they kind of do, they kind of help with the background stuff and then the gym's kind of mine. Um, so like throughout business and stuff, I've always had them as my two big brothers just to Amazing. guide me and advise me. And we just would not be anywhere near where we are without them. So it's it's been such a team effort. I like to think like I've been boots on the ground and they've been the two guys up there kind of looking out for me. So that's how like a lot of people might just look at it and go, Thomas has done, it's not like yeah. there's been a team. Yeah. And then you talk about the renovations <clears throat> for the gyms. It's been all my mates like l- lending hands here. Do you know what I mean? Like even my friends gave me a small personal loan before, like paid that back. Like all of that stuff could not be done without so many people around me you're talking like 20 30 people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so where people might look at it and go just an individual or just three people nah this is a this has been everyone mm-hmm. and then it's all the members who still decide to come back it's way more than just a couple of people oh, it's you been know? a pack for sure it's a pack mate definitely mate no that that's that's incredible and i think that social media can give that kind of disguise where like it's just that person is just that thing and even like within our businesses even though it's, we don't own gyms there's still like small wee teams involved whether mm-hmm. it be like mentors or even your partners or your pals helping yep. you out with certain things media guys all these sorts of things so there's a fucking lot a lot at play mm-hmm. which yeah, is yeah. which is mad but yeah. kind of coming into it and we kind of spoke about this a wee bit at the start and a wee bit halfway through like how what your next sort of vision is for Pat? Like, do you know, do you see that clearly in like five, 10 years I want to be here? Or are you just kind of seeing what happens? Um, I do see it. I know it can go a couple of different ways. For me, um, as much as it's running a gym now, it's, it's running a business. Um, it's time to like boost business and maximize profits and stuff like that. Retain members, make sure members are happy just improve customer experience you know for me like i would rather have a consistent 110 members than like maybe peak at 140 back down to 100 blah 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 blah, and have these for me then i'm going like why are they not satisfied so really find something that's going to retain people make them happy and make them enjoy it all year round like 
it's a membership at the end of the day, mm. right? So we want consistency, like that that breeds consistency, a membership uh, first and foremost. And then just start pushing the boundaries. Like I'm all about, again, like bring it back to like run club and people ask me to get into running. The reason we're, I started this was to fill them with belief and to push them to do different things, 10K, marathons, high rocks, you know? You still get it every day in the gym. No, I couldn't do that. And then before you know it, three months later, we're doing that. So yeah, yeah. just keep pushing it, showing people what's actual possible. Because I know on the back of that, it just expands and translates into their life, their work life, their relationships, and just helps them grow as a person. I believe like so much stuff starts in the gym with personal growth, and then that just helps them bleed into other things and just improves their life overall. Like just building like monsters in the gym, um, for sure. So, in terms of business, like, just really like maximize the space we've got. Um, you've never got to see upstairs. We've still got a big empty space upstairs. I'd quite like to get some like maybe physios in there and stuff like that again to improve the overall experience. Do you know what I mean? If anyone's got any recovery needed or like massage or injuries that come upon you know we've we've got that upstairs we straight up the stairs exactly because for me at the end of the day now we are we're breeding like athletes people are going for half marathons people are going for ultras and stuff like mm -hmm. that so it's serious it's seven days a week like thinking about not their job not their house but like this fucking massive goal that we've got to get going so I want to be able to prove provide as much as we can to help benefit and reach their goals, you know what I mean? Love that. Let's try and hit that. Love that. Amazing. And can I finish up quickly? I know it's going over time. At the end of every podcast, I guess, we ask the guest. All the guests we've had on. All the guests we've had on. We've had a lot. We've had three. we three. Third or the fourth. Here we go. So basically, what would you say is like your biggest, your biggest lesson that you've learned, actual learned, and can you share it? <laughs> um, biggest lesson is that life is too short at any time, at any point, you know. Things can be taken away from you. So don't take things for granted. If it's a person or if it's something, you know, enjoy it nurture it um, make sure to show the love don't get caught up in nonsense when you know there's some purities around you that really need you you know um, that was a big one for me mm -hmm. for sure like, love that thanks mate brilliant love that man anything you, want to, anything you want to plug or yeah. say or whatever um, <clears throat> can the mic pick me up right now <laughs> <laughs> shout out the fucking doghouse baby <laughs> 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 Let's go. Let's go. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Peace. Nice, Cheers, man. man. Thanks for coming. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. That was class, man.